On March 8th, a Ukrainian military band played a concert in Odessa. A video shows them in front of a wall of sandbags protecting the city's opera house. The next day, I reached Boris and Ludmila Hersonsky, award-winning Ukrainian poets, at their dacha in Odessa. So we, we, we hope we might just uh, move uh, maybe tomorrow for a while just to have some, some rest and, and peace. Okay, rest and peace, it uh, remind me rest in peace. And no. it's not a good formula, I believe. No. Uh, I'll take a chair. No, take a chair. Okay, I'm sorry for our life, which we had for 20 years together in this place. We will return even in destroyed but free Ukraine. But I would never return to Ukraine, which be under the feet of Putin. We plan to somehow to get to the uh, Moldova border and then, if possible, to move to, to Bucharest and uh, from there, if like we're lucky to, to get to the border. Uh, well, there are long lines actually, and we will have to, like, according to some predictions, stay there up to maybe 10 hours. Like people have to wait, there are really many cars and people moving. And after that, probably, if everything is fine, we'll stay in Italy for some time because the Brodsky Foundation offered uh, Boris like some, some peaceful staying in, in a place in Umbria. It will depend on today because like now I saw somewhere in the internet they promised serious rocket shelling on Odessa. Like I, I just said to Boris, maybe like, we, it is a bit too late, so like we, we, we don't know. There haven't been any sirens yet, and we haven't heard any explosions at night, and it is like suspiciously quiet and, and a little bit uneasy. But, but well, it, it's, hard, it's very hard to say and to predict what, what will be in, in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. so. Lyudmila Hersonska, translated by Olga Lifshin and Andrew Janko. Did you know that if you hide under a blanket and pull it over your head, then for sure World War II won't happen? Instead, lie there, don't breathe, don't let your feet stick out, or if you do, stick one out bit by bit. Or try this helpful trick to stop a war. First, carefully stick out one foot, then the other, now touch the floor, Lie back down, turn to one side facing the wall, turn your back to the war. Now that it's behind your back, it can thrash and shred, and you just close your eyes, pull the blanket over your head, stuck up on bread, and when you just can't deal with caring for peace anymore, tear off some chunks, and when the night comes, eat what you've stored. I wrote a book of poetry, and it was a book about the war. It began in 2014, 
and ended somewhere maybe like 2019 or 20 when it was published, I don't remember. At present, uh, I can't write anything. I realize that, you know, some, some little uh, flashes, pieces, they're coming inside. And as I said, we, we just need a quiet space. I need to sleep without thinking that I will have to jump up because of the siren. Funny, we don't have even the basement. I will show you the window that I, I, I made where we just think that we will stay for the rocket bombing. And I just, you know. We're talking on Zoom and Luda stands up to show me the window behind her. It's stacked with books written by her and Boris. To make it more or less safe, though, that in case the, the glass explodes, you know, it will not be like the books will fall down. So. We can see heroic resistance now of Ukrainian army. And it even couldn't be predictable. They are so strong and uh, they give uh, to Russian occupators um, a a big frenzy hug. Boris is also a psychiatrist and a well-known blogger who weighs in on social and cultural issues. He believes in an inclusive Ukrainian identity based not on ethnicity or language, but volition. Ukrainians are Ukrainians because they want to be, he says. How do we feel? It's like, you know, uh, a crazy war reality show. It's like everybody can watch what's going on on their computers. I think they can watch it in Europe. And like we watch videos that that people uh, make because everybody's making video from the place where they live. And you just feel this grief and, and sorrow from from every every place of the country because like at the same time you see what's going on in, in Kharkiv in, in Kyiv all those bombings and and fires and children crying and some children just they, they stop talking because it's it's really so scary and we uh, we have women sitting uh, women from the maternity house staying in the shelters with with their babies and it's just it's it's incredible picture and uh, it's it's difficult to digest all that yet because you know probably it will come come out later. Born in 1950, Boris was in his 30s before he learned that more than 42 members of his family had died in the Holocaust. He started writing poems about them. Okay, uh, where is a joke? when uh, a Jew standing on the crossroad and looks at traffic light. And okay, there is a green traffic light. Everybody cross street, but he doesn't. And they ask, don't you see green light? He say, okay, I see, but I don't believe. And probably this is the most adequate to describe, we see it but we still don't believe it really happens. Today's a different war, not the one from yesterday. Today's is harder, heavier, rain drizzling down since morning. Today's cold somehow, like when a wall's damp. Today the war is different, we'll die from a different war. Everything's a little bit mortal, arms, legs, stomach. Everything's a little bit eternal, living in blood and smoke. It lives in the shelter and at home, in ruins and dust. Today the war is war. 
The cold comes from the ground. Here's a man killed, bricks all around him. The war gave him orders. Lie quiet. Don't cry out. Pose for the video camera. Smile in your sleep, or rather, smile in death. Make sure you thank the war. Now you'll be famous, shown on all the news. The man lies posing on bones. On bones. That's Maya Chabra, who's translated several of Luda's poems. I was watching when they were bombing Aleppo, and like I was sitting in front of the screen and, and crying and watching like CNN and BBC News, and I always had the thoughts that they're just training all the weapons and they can do the same to, to Ukraine. And it's easily, you just start with destroying one house and then everything is fine. Like you take the whole city which is functioning, where people are walking, everything is working, and you just uh, throw the bomb on one house and it is destroyed. And then it is like an allowance, like a permission. Now you can destroy. Now you have one one uh, ruin in the middle of the town or wherever, and now it's okay. And this is how, how it began, and this is how it continues. Probably you saw on TV screen and in computer everything we are talking about. This is the editor-in-chief of the Los Angeles Review of Books, Boris Dreljuk. It's my great honor to share my translations of a handful of poems by Boris Hersonsky. Boris and his wife Ludmilla are both Odessa poets. That means a great deal to me. I myself am a product of Odessa. But even more importantly, they are models of literary partnership, of literary integrity, of honesty, on occasion, Boris's poems seem to predict the future. They do so uh, because Boris looks so closely at the present moment, so deeply into the past. And the poems I'm about to share, I feel, uh, hint at our uncertain future. This morning's rain overpowers the dim morning light. A paper boat floats on the current. It was at one point the head of state's portrait, but folded just right, it's a boat that knows not where it floats. A peculiar summer, no sunlight, no warmth, been pouring all day and life wouldn't stay. Thoughts and cigarette filters also drift off. A boat, once a portrait, is floating away. I would have never believed that like this uh, third war would be possible just because of the experience the entire world has already had. But it appears now that, that it's okay to be informed about newcoming bomb shellings, the artillery uh, approaching, and the new tanks, and the new rocket supplies. And the whole world is just breezes in and, and they watch what will happen now, how many more will be killed. I have sometimes a feeling that, that Ukraine is kind of an experiment. Okay, I had a key sentence in the dialogue with old friend of mine from Russia. I told him what is going on, and he told me, it is, doesn't matter, you are talking. I watch everything on TV. The criminals number one are all those media people who, from morning till night, would just been suggesting to the entire country, which was sitting in front of the TV screens, and they are like zombie. And it's very hard even to your relatives who live there to explain what's going on. Like my mom, she's 92. She said, 
Oh, come on. Why? What are you talking about? There will be no war. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Putin, just believe me, he will never, ever attack Ukraine. What are you talking about? Our micro-district is teeming with saints. Most are holy fools or martyrs. Some have done stints in prison. Many are alkies or suffer from other complaints. Whenever they give us their blessing, their fingers leave prints. A shame that the Lord grants his mercy mostly to others. That the view from the big house can never suit you. That all of us end up in fetters, doing hard labor. That our neighbors all hate us. That it's probably mutual. When they ask us, what's the weather like? And we tell them, like, it's snowing or it's plus 15. They say, no, it's not. It's not true. Uh, according to what we heard on television, uh, you're having plus 10, for instance, or there is no snow. I say, but there is snow. No, the words the forecast says there is no snow. It's a sad joke, but very many uh, Russian weapons are called by the war phenomena, like the hail, for instance, the rocket machines, uh, they're called hail, grad, or hurricane. And uh, it is like this, this funny thing I remember during the beginning of the war in 2014, like uh, I, I monitored Russian TV for, for a couple of years just to see what's going on and what they have behind their minds. And they would just give the weather forecast and sometimes they would just, you know, with, with a, a smile say that, that it's, it's good weather for planes, etc. And like, like you hear and you don't believe. Boris takes a call from his sister in New York. Because Boris has a call from his sister. She's really worried, so she wants us to leave. She emigrated in the 90s with their parents. Boris wanted to keep working as a psychiatrist, so he stayed in Odessa. I once asked Boris, like, as a psychiatrist, tell me what happens like to a country or to a place when the leader of this place goes crazy. I mean, just literally crazy. Uh, Boris remembered a story when there was one party boss who just, you know, something was going with his head and he was getting worse and worse. And he said, uh, unless he peed in front of the guests, he just peed on the floor. And only then they called the psychiatric ambulance, you know. But I mean, where has Putin to pee so that, that the psychiatric ambulance is called to him? My feeling is that his attitude to Ukraine is the attitude of some crazy psychopathic guy who uh, is refused by the woman he loves, for instance. She said, no, I don't love you, just go away. And he thinks, okay, you don't love me, but I will do anything to get you. If I don't get you, I'll kill you. But Ukraine has been living its own life for so many years. And it is a democratic country. We can have different presidents. We may love them. We may not love them. But people vote for them. They change every five years. Russian invader, forget all about chivalry. Fear female revenge and female conspiracy. Fear Ukrainian girls, Molotov cocktails in hand. Fear our women above all in this strange foreign land. They didn't call or invite you. They weren't waiting for you. Keep an eye on your obsolete tank. They'll unscrew the pedals, rip off your mask, scratch off your face. Our long nails are the latest in fashion and grace. Our slender fingers, accustomed to kitchen complexity, that's harder than your dumb vehicles. To give you apoplexy, to strike you dead in the house that is someone else's home. To keep you under the rubble of the bombed-out airdrome. To stop you getting out of your tank, put you in a cervical collar. 
In a Ukrainian woman's home, there's a working dishwasher, an iron on the table, a slow cooker with a steam valve. But you know nothing but shooting, nothing of salve. Our women bind up wounds, their camouflage nets unfurl, to fight you, you fool, in a foreign country, alone in the world. To turn your uncleansed life into an eternal torment of shame, we ignored Solovyov and read Kafka and Kierkegaard by name. Remember, we'll forgive nothing, you scumbags, so flee your fate. We're painting our nails now. Get out of here before it's too late. Like, Boris is a very good analyst, and he's being, like, forecasting things uh, for, like, since October, he's, he's told me that they will come to Ukraine, there will be a war in October. Just just by just reading different pieces of news. Like, for, for, for many years he's been like that, and it's not prediction, it's analysis. He said, let's buy a little... A little home uh, in the west of Ukraine, like he, he wanted to go to Kremenets, the place where his grandmother lived. They actually killed all the Jews. It's like the place um, which, which suffered a lot. But uh, many of his relatives who died in Holocaust, they are from Kremenets. And so he thought of just buying some, some little house there. And he said, I, I asked him, why do you need it? He said, we, we, we need a place uh, somewhere to, to go. Uh, if the war comes to here, I should say, well, it will not come here. He said it will, and it was October. So, but I just did not have physical force to 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 go there to watch this house, so we didn't buy it. But even Boris says he did not realize it would be the entire country. When victory is ours, the post-war executions start, the hasty meetings, the tribunals passing sentence. We need to thin the ranks of all these prisoners of war. Why should we feed the generals we've vanquished? They've got as much blood on their hands as all the rest. We have the orders that they gave their men. The urge to murder is a form of sexual lust. You just can't stop. You want to, but you can't. And so it's up the ladder, hands behind their backs, with pastors, priests if they should happen to be Catholics, bags on their heads, nooses around their necks. Die, scum. In seven decades, you'll get YouTube clicks. Five minutes, and a man is a dead body. Another five, the coffin is nailed shut. War criminals deserve no hint of pity. A strong rope is enough, or a sure shot. The executioner, his skill, is our great hope. Prison's expensive. Killing simply costs less. The only justice is the bullet and the rope. The post-war era knows no other justice. Luda for five minutes is absent. She is feeding cat, your beloved one. It is a big cat, a fuzzy cat. His name is Jean Coté de Treville from the Duma novel about three musketeers. Luda remind me that I could predict the situation and I even wanted to buy a small housing in western Ukraine in a small shtetl, Kremenitz, where my ancestor used to live before Holocaust. But we didn't succeed to buy this small because housing because of Ruda's disease. Not disease, uh, because of my operation. I already kissed goodbye to my life. And 
somehow they, they saved me. We have wonderful doctors. We have amazing doctors here. So now, now I didn't want to leave actually. We just decided that when uh, Umbria is ahead and particularly the the, the, the the umbrella which is kind of lazy and has all those siestas and we can buy a good piece of bread. It is a special castle for poets, you know, where um, place where is a residence for such a lazy people and crazy people as we yes, are uh, right so. and um, okay we really need at least uh, five days just to sleep and uh, to, put to, things to calm in down head yes in that's important order. important and maybe we'll be able to write something there as well because there is a lot to write about like about what you see in the streets about how the text is uh, attitude change like before that you could see the mood of Odessa talking to uh, taxi drivers um, many of the taxi drivers like I like to talk to them I, I usually like just provoke them for, for, for answers but uh, and, and they always are very very happy to say what they think and like um, the, the moods were, uh, even after the beginning of the war in 2014, many uh, would say, like, particularly the um, military pensioners, they, many of them are taxi drivers, and so those military pensioners, they, they were talking about the mighty of, of Putin, how he showed a new super, super uh, ammunition on, on television, uh, which is like extra, extra cosmic, extra nanotechnological, and it can just, you know, bury everything. And they were as proud as if, like, you know, uh, they, they were the authors of this uh, mythical weapon. Okay, that time I wrote that I don't know why we need Russian tanks on our streets. We already have Odessa's taxi drivers. But 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 now you can see the the attitude change. Like every taxi driver, like uh, quite recently, I came from the city, uh, and and everybody is like very deliberate that. Some, so one guy says, well, they think that uh, they can buy Odessa and they will, they will see how they can buy Odessa. And like particularly the young generation, they are, they are very angry. People are very angry at what they, at what they see at, at this. Even uh, I am angry and it is quite difficult to make me angry. Yes, Boris is a very peaceful guy and usually he, 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 he tries to forgive everybody and he, he knows how to talk to people who are mentally ill and probably he would be able to just get this guy out of his bunker. Another joke, I don't uh, think I could say in English, but I will try. That uh, a guy comes to restaurant and order wild duck and uh, waiter uh, told him, okay, we don't have wild duck, but we can make wild domestic one. We don't have a wild duck, but we can have a tame duck, a, a home duck, and we can make it angry so that it becomes wild. Mm -hmm. So I am a domestic. So Boris is like a domestic, domestic duck, uh, duck. But uh, they made me but wild. But they made him wild. 
it's amazing how like uh, people here they're very kind to each other. I had to go to the bank, and all bank uh, people very very kind, very patient, and there are many people walking in the streets and. You know, it's interesting that no matter in what conditions uh, people live, they just somehow manage, particularly in this country, they manage to stay people, like they do their everyday routine. When they hear about problems with transport, they do not think about how to hide in a shelter, but they think about how to get to work. So somehow, like, the driver uh, is behaving very politely on the road. Like, everybody uh, is uh, obeying the rules, trying just, just to keep this fragile, almost ruined world healthy and normal. Leave me alone. I'm crying. I'm crying. Let me be. Our peace-loving neighbor is fixing his peaceful roof, patching leaks caused by April showers, hail rockets. Me? I'm crying about the cat's skin lesions, about me when I was little. As if grown-ups needed further proof, they're always right. The kitty has to stay outside. The door is locked. She is crying out in the rain. I can hear her. Rain feels like hell to her. To run outside barefoot, to grab the shocked, heavy-furred, wet-eyed cat, then run back. See, mom won't let me. I'm crying, just let me be. In peacetime, in childhood time, a child has her own hell when the cat, who has sores, isn't home. We are crying, me and the cat, and everyone leaves us alone. A little refugee girl from Donetsk. I'll build a house for the cat. If you have a home, you don't get sick and you don't sneeze. To save one life, one living life, even a cat's life. But rain is hard to explain to the cat. And how would you explain the war? She says, sighing to me. Such a big girl. Leave me alone. I'm crying. Which is childish. childish childish behavior. I always say that when a child built a tower from cubes, he built it until it fell down. He can't stop. And it is uh, very typical for Putin. Uh, he can't stop. He will lead his country to destruction finally and himself to destruction as i said it is a revenge to ukraine and ukraine as a country has personally hurt him because ukraine does not love him and he wants to be loved nobody loves me nobody needs me how terrible they are around me i am so good person what they did with me, now I will kill them for this. Buried in a human neck, a bullet looks like an eye sewn in, an eye looking back at one's fate. Who shot him there? Who gave the order? Which man? Who will bury him? And what's the rate? When it comes to humanity, war is the beginning and end. Whoever attacks you, 
don't turn your back, says the Lord, for my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children, and they have no understanding. But the children feel as strong as their machinery, mass-produced, with plenty of seamstresses for repairing. Some ladies patch holes, others fix neck bones, still more sew-on buttons that were torn away from hands. And the Lord says, They are wise in doing evil, but, says the Lord, they do not know how to do good. But the children, if they survive, say it was luck. And if they die, they think that was yesterday. Today is another day. And the seamstresses stand with a shroud, telling them, put this on. How long must we put up with the flags, the trumpets calling us into the fray? What beast has awakened? Where did our special forces land? Who shot that man in the back? Who gave the command? Who will bury him? And what's the rate? He says that Lenin created Ukraine. It is creation of new reality, you know. It is a fantasy writing. Nothing is real. There was a song of Beatles, yeah, Strawberry Fields. Nothing is real. Yeah, nothing is real in this propaganda. I think he is not uh, the fan of Lenin or Stalin. He is the fan of Hitler. We are facing another Hitler. The world has had experience, the world has a lot of knowledge, the world has this Holocaust knowledge and everything else documented thoroughly. Lots of museums, you know, lots of books, lots of analysis, you know everything about Hitler's personality, you know how far it can go, except that Putin will not kill himself in the bunker. What I really can predict that a monographs about Putin's personality will be multiple. Why sit like a guest, but not wipe your feet? Every town's built on bones, not just St. Pete. One should build homes on stone, not on a bog. True enough, but for now, the work is a slog. My life's on the scales. The losses won't cease. Let me dwell in the woods, a big, clumsy beast. I'd crawl back to my lair, across the dry forest floor, raise my snout in the air, and roar up at the Lord. I am a Russian-speaking Jew, and you know, uh, he says about Nazis, but the president of uh, this country is ethnical Jew. A lot of the Jewish people are in a good position. Actually, I was, until the beginning of this war, director of Kiev Institute of Contemporary Psychotherapy. I don't know if we could restore this institute. The building is destroyed and uh, some of the prominent professors ran away. Now I am going to live without any perspective to return. I don't know how we can put it together again.
So um, we will see what it is like and if we are happy tomorrow to leave the place and if we are safe there and do we finally get there and have the internet access, we will just, please, just drive please, to you. The next day, Boris posted a farewell poem on his Facebook page, saying goodbye to Odessa. I reached them again four days later. Hello. Good morning, Sally. You see, I am alive. What a rascal. So, we are in Bucharest now, in hotel. Tomorrow we'll fly to Rome and then we will take us to Umbria for the place of our residence. We were extremely tired after crossing the border and uh, passing through Moldova and Romania. It took uh, maybe about 20 hours. Well, you know, we were very sad. We're here, but our thoughts are there. So we read the news all the time, just call our friends, think about our home, I think about my cats and crying. So it's very heartbreaking when you see people with their frightened animals and and just you and know going children. children going to nowhere lots of children on the border the volunteers are very helpful so, so it is solidarity but solidarity doesn't help to overcome our enemy luda says she had to pack fast because plans changed at the last minute all she brought was Boris's heart medication, two shirts, and some makeup. Boris yeah. somehow manages to write. Boris is a, is a, a professional uh, psychiatrist and therapist, and, and you know, yeah. he, he behaves very well. Like, he tries to support me, and you know, but like, well, sometimes <laughs> successfully, sometimes not. <laughs> but uh, I can just start crying all of a sudden. We we had uh, one uh, very pleasant moment yesterday, though. Uh, like we we decided to take Boris to the barbers where he hasn't been for a while, uh, and we we, we for found a long, long for quite a long time. So we found very very nice little place, and we were lucky that the guy just had his appointment cancelled, and so he took us and we could speak to him, and he was very optimistic about the result of the war he told us it will stop and you will see the, he, he knew everything he said you will see the oligarchs would not like that you know uh just imagine he said and he today, told that uh, putin inevitable will die yes he said i promise uh, something will happen to him by the end of the year and like i said I, i'm not interested in him dying i just want him to disappear somewhere Seriously, I think he did a very good job. Like, usually Boris has long hair, he looks like a poet. Every time, if barber uh, make your hair cut, but not your head cut, it is a good but job. But he looks like, like, like a good guy to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.